1: Slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S To get 50% off your first month
2: This is Tom and Rory From Classic 78 You're listening to Talking Metal Be sure to check out Classic 78 at Classic78.com
0: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer Of this show since 2005 On this episode, we're going to talk Some rock, some metal And anything else we feel like We're also going to jam some tunes Have a drink and share some honest opinions thanks for listening to the talking metal podcast let's get things started here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids
1: My loving, don't you know it's true So enter please Get on your knees There are no bills There are no fees Baby, I know what the problem is The first step of the cure is
0: a kiss, calling Dr. Love. You can't go wrong with that one. Guys, welcome to the Talking Metal podcast, a kiss-themed episode for you today. We got Classic 78 joining us and also Ron Keel. Both of these interviews were recorded at the Atlanticus Expo. Before we get into the episode, let me just remind you to write us a five-star review on iTunes, please. Also, use our Amazon links. Go to TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com. Before you do your shopping on Amazon, you just use our links to take you over to Amazon, and then you go about your, your business and shopping as you normally would. It's just an additional step, and that's for our listeners in Canada, the United States, and also the United Kingdom. Different links for each country, so make sure you're using the right links, and please support what we do by using our Amazon links. Thanks, guys. Also, we got, the course, PayPal donations you can do, and Patreon. Please join us on Patreon for exclusive content, and everyone who is a Patreon pledger or supporter, I don't even know what you call them, gets a free T-shirt. So... Check us out on Patreon with a monthly pledge. Emily, the Kiss Expo now, Emily's here with me, guys, was nearly well over a month ago, like probably like a month and a half ago. Any memories, favorite memories from the Kiss Expo?
3: Just fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it really was. Good
3: vibe, good people. I mean, the whole Vinny thing touched me deeply on so many levels
0: absolutely his
3: energy and his openness and his warmth was just very touching to me and i really enjoyed the whole experience and was happy to see the reception that he got
0: definitely definitely and we got to meet up with ron keel again and this was a similar situation on the last episode we had uh you know Dirk Schneider, and you mentioned you did this interview with him, this short interview. But then you got the real stories afterwards. You had the and same it, thing with Ron. Was, it, but it was the reverse. It was the night, the night before I interviewed Ron. I was at the bar, and he even references it in the interview. You know, he he went into these detailed, just yeah. amazing stories about Engve Malmsteen, and it was so. Like no pressure, no microphones, well, just like. The microphone
3: yeah. kills everything because first of all, me trying to sit at a table with Fiddy, Udo, Sven, and the manager. And I'm trying to move the mic around to each all, each of them and, and read like the questions, like trying to remember the questions I wanted to ask. It just takes away from the moment. When you're just talking with a person and shooting the shit, you get a lot
0: Yes, more absolutely. Absolutely. So it was it was the same type of deal where it where it's, uh, you know, I got I got I felt like a better interview just hanging with the guy, which it wasn't an interview. It was two guys hanging. And that's why. And, you know, Bill Flanagan, who I used to work with at VH1, who is now on Sirius Radio, he is on volume. You know, he always used to say that you interview the artist, you know, and then you go out to dinner with him and you get the real story <laughs> that's
3: that's the truth with yeah. every interview I've ever done where I've been face to face with a person, yeah, because we always hang either before or after, and I get way more stories. <laughs> and
0: it reminds me, we recently took Lon friend out to dinner in right. uh, in New York, so and, fun. And man, the stories he was throwing at us, the Tommy <laughs> Lee story, I'm oh still God. I keep thinking about that over and over. I know
3: uh, that Just was a crazy, fun
0: night. crazy stories, which I'm not sure we're even allowed to repeat. But <laughs> great, great stuff. Um, so, anyways, on that note, let's get right into my interview with Ron Keel, conducted at the Kiss Expo on January. January 20th, 2018, there is a video of this which Emily shot. It is up on the site talkingmetal.com, talkingrock.net. It's in the show notes for today's episode. So if you want to visually see this, definitely check it out. It looks great. It looks great. It's up on the on the site. So yeah, check it out and while you're there, you know, subscribe to our YouTube page which is youtube Dot com slash talking metal. And here we go. Ron Keel. what you call him? Marky? <laughs>
4: How cute was that? It's Marky. Yeah, is that all right? Yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Hello. Uh, like to like, hide this guy. I don't i <laughs> <or. laughs> Marky. Sorry. Oh, I embarrass right. you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm Ronnie. I'm,
0: you get Ronnie R- it. Ronnie I'm Lee. It.
4: I'm Ronnie Lee Come Keel. On, <laughs> it. like, yeah, it. story, so.
0: <laughs> cool. Do like five five to 10 minutes. Good. Or, yeah. man, whatever you need. Okay, cool. You're hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and I'm psyched to be here in the flesh with the one and only Ron Keel. Ron, it was great hanging out with you last night at the bar, hearing all the stories. I wish we had the mic rolling then.
4: We should have had the mic rolling, and uh, I enjoyed the, the opportunity to, to catch up with you because you've been a big supporter of my career through the years and uh, on the VH1 specials uh, when I went country, what was this Jekyll and Hyde thing? Uh, the uh, Having me on your uh, your podcast to promote my, my records through the years, so I appreciate that. Good time last night. I told the entire Yngwie Malmsteen Steeler story. Uh, we'll have to get back on the air and do that at some point, but uh, great to see you. Thank you for all your support through the years and for having me back on the show.
0: Yeah, you bet. And we are here at the KISS Expo in Atlanta. It is January 20th. Of course, you worked with Gene pretty extensively back in the day, but this kind of weekend has been really all about Vinnie Vincent. Did you ever have any run-ins with him back in the day?
4: The Vinnie era was over when I met Gene. Uh, Mark St. John was actually the guitarist in the band when uh, I met Gene and we started uh, working together. But... uh, I've jammed with all those guys. You know, Paul Stanley and I have, have sung together on stage. Gene and I have, have worked extensively together. But uh, Bruce, Bob, uh, had some drinks with uh, Peter Chris on, on a couple of occasions. Uh, Eric Singer, the list goes on. But I've never jammed with Vinnie. But the day is young. You know, <laughs> it could happen,
0: happen. later. Could happen. I was. You did a great acoustic set earlier with some Kiss songs, some keel songs. I mean, it was just a great set too bad Vinnie couldn't jump up there and, and uh, play with it.
4: I would I would welcome that opportunity. Certainly respect uh, the Vinnie Vincent era. Uh, Creatures of the Night was we had at the Steeler Mansion in LA and Hollywood when we were trying to make it in Steeler. We had just a few albums cuz we couldn't afford we had Scorpions Blackout, Priest Screaming for Vengeance, uh, Iron Maiden uh, Number of the Beast, and Kiss, Creatures of the Night. Those four records were in total rotation on our uh, turntable there at uh, the Steeler Mansion. So to come full circle and and be a part of this Vinnie Vincent uh, resurfacing is a great honor. And obviously the the promoter did did a great job getting the word out. Uh, The response to to Vinnie's uh, comeback, uh, if you will, has been fantastic, and I'm just glad to be a part of it.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about What's going on with you now? I mean, I recently read that you connected with Dave Elvison of of Megadeth, who has this new record label. What's what's the story behind that? What's going on? Well, Dave and I are old friends. Uh, Obviously, uh, with our our roots, we go back a long way.
4: Uh, We had the opportunity to uh, play with Dave in Sioux Falls a couple of years ago. Uh, We backed him up. He came up and did a Megadeth set. I actually sang Peace Cells and and some of those Megadeth songs with Dave. That's when we really bonded, and I really got a feel for what he was doing business-wise. He's doing everything right with bands like Dollskin. He released that Mark Slaughter album last year, which uh, I thought was a great record. I'm a big Mark Slaughter fan, and uh, Mark's a good friend of mine. So when it came time to do a Ron Keel band album, I hit Dave up, and I said, I'd like to work with you. I want to be on this label. And when we got together to sign the deal, sitting across the table from me, Dave Ellison said, Ron, I just want you to be you sing your life. Three words, sing your life. He didn't want me to recreate the 80s or be Keel or be Ronnie Lee Keel or Jekyll or Hyde. He wanted me to be who I am now and embraced uh, that metal cowboy brand, so to speak, and uh, created a, a special imprint for us called EMP Outlaw which uh, will be releasing the Metal Cowboy album March 2nd Reloaded with uh, new, new, new uh, bonus tracks, remastered, remixed, and then the Ron Keel Band album coming out this summer with a new original music and new versions of the Keel Classics that, that uh, my band has gone back in the studio and re-recorded Because of the Night, wow. Tears of Fire, The Right to Rock, Somebody's Waiting, and I get a chance to, to do those songs again and, and do them right this time. Very cool. Not that um, the original versions suck or anything, but the new versions are really kick-ass, trust me.
0: Cool, and will there be plans for touring after that, uh, after the original music comes out in in the summer, or what, what's up with uh, 2018 in general for you?
4: I am always active, performing, writing, creating, releasing records. Uh, we had an extensive tour schedule the last few years. I don't expect that to change. Big bike events like Sturgis. Uh, last year we toured with Tesla. Uh, We're going to play wherever we can play, wherever it makes sense. And, uh, yeah, you can expect to see us out on on the road as much as I can possibly get there. Monsters of Rock Cruiser coming up in a few weeks. Uh, Looking forward to that. Uh, Those are fantastic events. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to to keep playing, keep singing, keep performing as long as I can deliver the goods. I'm uh, anxious to get out there and uh, play the new music for the the fans and uh, get back on your show and promote that this summer when, when the record comes out.
0: Absolutely. We definitely will make that happen. This is kind of a big question. You've had such an incredible career, you know, going way back to the Steeler days with Engve Malmsteen and uh, all the way through everything you've done since then. When you look back at this just massive career that you've had, what are some of your highlights? You know,
4: they're obviously the Bon Jovi tour, uh, playing with Bon Jovi on Slippery When Wet uh, when we did three nights sold out at the Garden the sold-out tour of Japan in 86, uh, but now still some of these big events, even the Atlantic Kids Expo today, uh, the Muscles of Rock cruises that we've done, a couple of years ago, well, what was it, 2014? We did the cruise, I did two keel gigs, two solo acoustic gigs, did the all-star jam, me and Joel Hextra and Frank Hannon and, and uh, doing Montrose, and you know, fantastic, the all-star jam, uh, did, uh, cinderella tom Kiefer was unable to make the cruise because of some vocal issues so cinderella recruited some of the other singers on board i got to sing with cinderella and do that gig and so i've done what six gigs in four days i'm done i'm clocking out i'm gonna spend the rest of the day on the beach and then my phone rings and it was lita ford saying ron i want you to do the Aussie duet with me tonight to close the show on the monsters of rock cruise and uh, obviously, I said, uh, 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 uh yes, okay. And uh, learned the song on the spot and did that duet with Lita uh, on the cruise. So that even at this point in my life, I'm still making great memories, having dreams come true every day, and uh, just still glad to be in the game and, and making music and, and doing what I love to do. And I, I embrace my roots, my history. I mean, I know that certain fans have had a, they're confused about who is this guy. And I, I get it. I don't know who I am either, but I love to explore different landscapes, whether it's, even before I sang metal, I, I did jazz or blues or uh, classical music. I have awards as a, as a kid from doing classical tunes. and uh, To me, music is, is a beautiful landscape of mountains, oceans, and everything in between. And I want to explore all the territory I can while I can.
0: Very good. Now, the new music that's coming in the summer, the original music, um, who's playing with you on this? This is the Ron Keel Band. These guys have been with me for three years now. We rebranded
4: the project about a year ago as the Ron Keel Band and uh, Gino Arce, El Diablo on the bass guitar, who's been with me for 19 years now. He's, he's also the bass player in Keel. DC Cawther on lead guitar and two South Dakota natives, South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Jeff Kohler, The Rev on drums and uh, Scott Dakota Scott uh, on keyboards. It's a, it's a fantastic group of guys that if it weren't for them, I mean, what I've been through the last year with uh, rebranding the band, my wife going through breast cancer and, and all the, the struggles that we've been through, these guys have been my, my support group, so to speak. And uh, we've we kept the music going and been out there on tour and on stage. And uh, they deserve this break. Uh, I believe that it, you know, they've never had an album on the charts. I've seen my albums climb the charts and, and fall off, but this summer, those guys are going to actually open up a billboard chart and see their band on, on the charts, and w- thanks to Dave Ellison and Tom Hazard at, at EMP. and I want to make those dreams come true for those guys because they've been
0: there for me. Absolutely. I know we spoke about your wife last night in, in private, and I'm just glad to hear that that things are looking better and she's feeling better. and. Our hearts and prayers and thoughts are are with you and and her and your family.
4: Thank you. It's been a tough ride. I anticipated, I didn't know when she was diagnosed if if I would be able to keep going. Can I leave town? Can I even leave town? I mean, how am I going to get on a plane or or a bus and leave her at home uh, in her condition after she was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer? Uh, After the first couple of chemo treatments, she responded well, and I thought, you know, I've got to keep working. I can't just. She she takes a lot of energy and joy from my career and my music. She is uh, as musical as I am, and, and she supported what I did. And so I, th- that energy that I, I was bringing home, excited about the new band, the new songs, the new show, the, 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 everything that I do, I think hopefully helped her on the way to recovery. But uh, she's my number one priority. and. If I had to stay home forever, I'll just be broadcasting live on Facebook from the Ron Ron Keel fan cave. And I'm going to do some of that as well. Uh, Got a new uh, site launching at ronkeel.com where I'm going to be doing some shows from the basement. uh, Showcasing some vintage material, some of the Keel stuff live at Madison Square Garden. All these live recordings that I have in the archives and just sharing that stuff with the fans on the website the next year. So it's going to be a great ride.
0: I think What's I the website again?
4: Ronkeel.com I think I have six albums coming out this year. As I mentioned on stage today, I made the announcement, the Final Frontier and the self-titled Keel album from 87 finally uh, re-released by Rock Candy this year. Uh, Derek Oliver has been uh, a strong supporter, and he's worked hard for a year to get the rights from Universal to release those albums, so we're excited about that as well absolutely
0: it's always an honor talking with you and hanging out with you thank you for being on talking metal with us
4: let's talk metal cool awesome
1: thank, thank you man. so much man. Really appreciate you. That. take me now baby here's i am pull me close try and understand desires founders, the fire
0: The Night by Ron Keel, a song that he did acoustically at the Atlanta Kiss Expo. Always great to talk with Ron. Look forward to catching up With him again when he has some of his new music out later this year. What a great guy. And, you know, he's always making reference to this Jekyll and Hyde thing. The
3: comment you made on most, least metal moments. Yes.
0: So I didn't even remember. Do your listeners know that you were
3: a talking head on that show?
0: Oh, they might. I don't know. I I was on VH1 many years ago, probably like 2003, I'm guessing it was, on some of their shows uh, as an on air guy. And, it's on YouTube because Emily found it. And I, I, you know, every time I see Ron or talk to him, he mentions this Jekyll and Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde thing. And I, I honestly usually have no clue what he's talking about. But we went back and we watched it on YouTube. And maybe I'll try to get VH1's the...
3: VH1's Least Metal Moment. Yeah,
0: it was the name of the TV show. And I'll link this in also in today's show notes, because it's up on YouTube, assuming I can find it. And I refer to him, you know, who I loved, like that I was a little disappointed when he went country. And I I refer to him as kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. And the way it's cut, it, it has a bit of a negative vibe to it. Well,
3: those shows were all about getting a soundbite. And I remember you and I knowing what the content of the show was going to be and like sitting in my apartment in Brooklyn and being like, okay, we got to think of like a good soundbite for this or this or this piece. And they picked yours because you had a soundbite, which was, right. who is this person? It was like, Jekyll and Hyde. That's right. a soundbite.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So It wasn't
3: meant to be offensive. <laughs>
0: but it's obviously stuck with Ron because he still brings it up. And I, I, I honestly, when we ran into him in the hotel lobby, the first thing he said was like, Jekyll and Hyde, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. I and, and, and I, you know, I kind of remembered, oh, I must have said something about that on, on TV, but I didn't even remember what TV show it was or, or what, but, um, Yeah. So I I referred to him as Jekyll and Hyde, which I do admit that I was working on a show called, it came from the eighties, Metal Goes Pop back in 1996. I was at MTV news and we did this great special and he had sent us a VHS tape of him with his guitar and the pickup truck and the dog. And I remember thinking it was great because it made good television, but being a little disappointed because this was the 90s, you know, metal wasn't cool anymore. And I had so much respect for his his music that he had did, well, done with Keel and did Steeler. Did you feel like it was
3: another person jumping ship? Or like, yeah, what, I, just yeah
0: like- I, I think maybe I did. I, I don't know. And I mean, in in retrospect, now many years later, I, I, I don't, you know, people did what they had to do to make a living. And I, I now view Ron Keel as not just this metal guy, but somebody who's really... Rounded musically, you know, and he mentions that you know in the interview that you just that you just heard that he does you know jazz classical country, and probably more than anything else he he's a hard rock heavy metal guy and and uh yeah, so and
3: think about but think about what we listen to. we don't only listen to metal, we just bought tickets to see radiohead right we we have like a vast you know kind of
0: right, right variety of shows that we go to see yeah definitely and you know on those vh1 shows i was trying to be mr metal you know too that's what they wanted me to be so
3: you were chironed as a metal expert right yeah that was what you were and it was supposed to be least metal moments so least metal moment would be someone moving from metal to country
0: yes yeah you
3: weren't in the wrong and you know yeah
0: i just didn't i didn't i you know hopefully didn't hurt anybody's career or anything by saying that of course you didn't (laughs) but ron keel what a great guy i love that guy i can't wait to hang with him again he's awesome i'd love it if he could get some gigs out here in the east like at 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 dingbats or or somewhere like in the city or something like new jersey new york city it'd be great to see keel out this way playing I'd love to see him play electric. I mean, the, you know, the acoustic set at the expo is great, but I'd love to just a full out electric show by Keel would be just fantastic. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. And Ron, please try to get out this way to the New Jersey, New York area. All right. So uh, another cool thing at the expo that I discovered, Emily, was this band Classic, and that's classic with a K, Classic 78. And these guys... They blow me away. They are, they are replicating the Kiss sound in the '70s perfectly, but with but new with original, original music. music. It's yeah. so brilliant. So you'll hear a song and you're like, "Oh, this is a Gene song. Oh, this is a this is a Paul song. This is a a song," and it sounds. Exactly like Kiss. Like like this could have been like the Lost Kiss album or the That's Lost so Kiss funny. demos or something. And they do just such a good job. And I'll let the music do the talking and then we'll get, get into an interview with Tom and Rory from this band. Again, classic seventy eight. Love these guys. I really only discovered them at the KISS Expo. They gave me their C D and I'm I'm digging it so much. It's really, if you're a Kiss fan, you have to check these guys out. So much fun. This is Jendel. And any Ace fan knows that that is the Spaceman's homeworld. Jendel, Ace Fraley's homeworld. And uh, yeah, this sounds like it's Ace Fraley. It sounds like Ace wrote it. It sounds like Ace is singing it. it sounds like Ace is playing on it. And it sounds like Kiss. This is Jendel. By Classic Seventy Eight, followed by my interview conducted at the Atlanticus Expo with Classic Seventy Eight. Mark Striegel coming to you from the Atlanta Kiss Expo on January twentieth. Of course, Vinnie Vincent has resurfaced here, but we today are on this episode are talking with Classic Seventy Eight. Tom and Rory are here, a band that has been getting a lot of buzz recently. Let's let's talk about what you guys do. And when I when I when you say Classic Seventy Eight, it's of course with K's K L A S S I K Seventy Eight. Very Kiss inspired band, but not KISS covers. What are you guys doing?
2: Um, Yeah, what we're doing, Classic 78 is what we do is we write and record original songs that sound as close to vintage 70s KISS as you could possibly imagine without actually being the original guys doing it today. So imagine uh, if there was a lost record from the 70s that popped up that was the uh, successor to Love Gun. You know, where Uh, there were a whole new batch of songs that sounded like the logical continuation from the rock and roll vibe instead of going into something like Dynasty where they became a little bit more poppy. So, you know, even though we call it Classic 78, what we tried to do was stick with some milestones like Rock and Roll Over and Dress to Kill. And there are bits of each of those 70s albums. There's some Love Gun type of production on it. But uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, comparisons on our original material. Uh, between Rock and Roll Over and Side 4 of Alive 2. You know, those are the comparisons that the fans are making, and those are great comparisons as far as we're concerned, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, we released an original EP back in February on iTunes and CD Baby. It was strictly a download. That was in February of 2017. And then we surprised everybody and released a second EP on Halloween Day without any announcement of an additional six songs and the reaction to the second one is just as strong as the first. The, the fan base is really clamored towards it. In terms of the fan base of KISS that likes those old records and misses that sound, you know, KISS isn't going to do that or may it choose or, or not choose to do that kind of sound anymore, but this is something we've been able to scratch that itch with a the, with the certain segment of the fan base, you know.
0: And As far as the songwriting process goes, you're, you're having to craft these songs in a style that you would think KISS would and like how does that work as a songwriter and as, as beyond the songwriting, the production element and all that type of stuff?
5: Yeah, actually Tommy is the chief songwriter but we, we, we collaborate, we've been best friends for, for a number of years and we obviously huge fans, uh, collaborated together on the material, he'll bring me an idea and we'll work it out. Um, as he said in the past, like maybe I might play a drum pattern. He's like, oh, well, maybe we want, might want to go this route and of change, That might change the melody around or the arrangement slightly. But at, in the end of the day, we you know we play it back. Does this sound like Vintage Kiss? You know, it's it's all got, It's got to meet the litmus the litmus test of rock and roll over the guitar sound, the the edge, the drive that they had, the hunger. You know that, and people and people that come up to us are saying, keep doing what you're doing because they hear it too. So we obviously. We're pleased with with when, when they hear that because you know that's that's the true test is when the fans hear it just like you do, you know, and know the true they know the difference when you when you don't do it right. So
0: first off, production wise, when when you're in the studio, is there something that like do you, do you have to say well we we can't use that reverb because that reverb didn't. It came, you know, in 1985 or something, and we have to stick to authentic 70s. You know, that doesn't sound analog enough. Is, there, is that, how how much of that goes into the process?
2: That's a lot of it, and really what it is is, you know, we're not using old uh, vintage equipment or anything like that. We're just keeping the sounds really simple. So when we mic the drum kit, you know, what what's going down to tape is an actual sound of a drum kit and not a process clap of thunder on the snare and stuff like that. So when you hear the snare on these songs, it sounds like a real snare drum. And it's shaped and EQ'd to sound reminiscent of Peter's tone on Rock and Roll Over or Peter's snare tone on uh, a Side 4 of Alive 2. But what we did was we kept all the production simple. Make sure that the kit sounds like a kit. Make sure the guitars aren't overdriven to, with distorted, you know, with way too much distortion. Let's keep it with a little bit of crunch but some definition make sure the bass sounds like a a clean bass line. And uh, we just figured if it's simple going to tape, it's going to be easy to shape it into a little bit like rock and roll over or this song sounds like a Love Gun outtake. Let's kind of get some of that Love Gun uh, brightness on that, that type of thing. So we just started with with a a simple outlook, and that's what we used as our foundation, and it worked. Awesome. Let's go back to the songwriting, though. Tom, you write
0: most of the songs. Do you obviously you are a student of KISS and you need to be a student of KISS to write these songs in that style without necessarily ripping off a song you know so
2: that's got to be a, a fine tightrope to walk. It, it is it's really hard I mean what's good is we can we can come up with uh, uh, songs that are very reminiscent of KISS songs but they're not total rip-offs so if I come up with a riff that sounds similar to the attitude or vibe of All-American Man the vocal melody that our our singer uh, Joe, who sings all the Paul vocals, his vocal melody is not reminiscent of All American Man at all. It's a brand new melody. It's not even a melody that's on another Kiss record. So we're taking familiar sounds and familiar approaches, but putting a, a fresh, you know, coat of paint on them with fresh, fresher ideas. So that's where the 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 the, the, the tightrope happens. Is where you know um, make sure that the music is reminiscent and has those ca- characteristics and those qualities of those those first six Kiss studio records but let's, let's make sure that there's enough uh, newness to it so it's, it's something new and fresh for the fan base, but it's yet very familiar and very comfortable for them, you know? So basically, in, in, in short, once we get that feeling, oh, wow, when we hear it back and we get those feelings as a KISS fan, then we know, okay, that's good, we're on the right track. And then hopefully and fortunately the fan base has reacted the same way, or a segment of the fan base at least, you know?
0: Right on. And speaking of the, f- the fans... Guys in Anthrax have responded to this. Is that is that right?
2: Oh yeah, Uh, right out of the gate, Charlie Benante, uh, Eddie. I think he heard Eddie Trunk mention it, or Uh, and and Scott Ian was talking
0: about it too. Is that right?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't don't know if I heard. I don't know if I heard Scott talk about it, but he might have because I
0: thought I heard Scott talk about it.
2: He might have because they're all those guys are all Kiss freaks, you know. But you know we got—they've been very supportive, and, and we've heard from uh, Mike Portnoy has said some good things online, and uh, uh, you know the guys from Gene's band, and even Gene and Paul—we've uh, heard that you know Gene loves it. Paul has said some nice things to an acquaintance of ours and to friends of his who have since talked to us and let us know, hey, just a heads up, Paul thinks you guys did a great job. He enjoys listening to it.
5: Obviously, yeah. When you, I'm sorry, that's the ultimate compliment. You know, I mean, now I, I joke, but. Now we can die as musicians because our, you know, our heroes, you know, gave us the blessing. You know what I mean? So it's uh, for a lot
0: really of us, cool, you know. Kiss was like our Beatles. You know, they, yeah. they, they, you know, for our generation or at least my generation, you know, a yeah. guy in his forties. You know, it, yeah. it's like that was that was the band for me. That, the that
2: same, the same with us, we're all in our mid to late forties. You know, so being, uh, you know, uh, little guys in the '70s and hearing this stuff and seeing it and going, wow, it just it just burned in our brains. It's burning in our Childhoods, you know, it's all nostalgia and good good stuff, you know.
0: Six years old, I saw that Paul Lynn Halloween special, it changed my life, you know.
2: Yeah, kiss kiss in, in you know, full color and emotion on the Paul Lynn special. That's and not only that, but those performances are lip synced and they're playing and performing in those. The fact that they're lip synced doesn't mean squat. Those they're going for it. They're out for the jugular on that stuff. So as a little kid you see that and you're like, holy crap, you know, it stays with you
0: very good and final question kind of uh, about the Expo here this has been Vinnie Vincent uh, a big part of history of if you will this has been a really kind of historic weekend if you will for for the history of kiss because Vinnie Vincent has re-emerged uh, after a, a long time were you guys at the question and answer
2: session last night uh, no unfortunately we weren't there was a load of people waiting for that and and he he saw and met with a lot of people and from all accounts uh vinnie is very happy and very been very humbled and and is feeling really positive about uh you know what the fans have uh, to say to him after not seeing him for so long and you know as a kiss fan you know it's just nice to know that the guy's doing well and he's healthy and happy and uh, he's been gone for 20 years that's a long time to be off the off the grid especially in the kiss world you know um, this is a big deal, you know, I'm sure it's a big, gigantic deal for him, because who knows what 2018 will bring, as far as what Vinny has up his sleeve, with uh, any projects or anything else, and, you know, as you probably noticed, Mark, and, uh, you know, for some reason, it seems like the Kiss family is kind of reconnecting the dots with each other at this point, between Ace's reconnections with Paul and Gene, and, and uh, you know, Vinny and the Kulik brothers on the boat, and all that stuff, and, you know. Uh, That's that can only be a good thing for the fans, you know And as long as everybody's healthy and happy, that's just the way it should be
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I mean as far as all those guys that you just mentioned go from Paul to you know Paul and Gene and and Ace and and uh, the Kulik brothers and Vinny. I mean, let's face it. We're not they're not young men anymore and and there's just It's nice to think that maybe they could all kind of come together and and embrace what they did for us as fans uh, you know, before it's too late, you know, and and, and you know the end not to sound grim and not to end the show on a grim note, but the end is is nearer than we think probably.
2: That's right. And the fact that, you know, when if you if you're looking at your history or you're looking at the guy who you might have been angry at ten years ago and now you're all you can think about is the positive things and the creative things uh, that you did together that made people happy, if that's how you're going to end your career or that's how the end game of your career is going to go, that's a good way to be as far as any band, let alone KISS fans. But the fact that KISS fans are so loyal and so interested in all the different eras and all the different members, the more that they reconnect, even if they never play together again. People just like to see that they're reconnecting. I
0: agree 100%. Guys, if you don't mind, I'd love to play one of one of your songs for our, our listeners what what can we play? What do you guys want to play?
5: Um, standing tall has been always one of my favorites. So, I, 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 I mean, that's 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 classic, classic. Not t- not to you know, to coin a phrase on on the band name, but it is cl- it's very classic and quintessential Kiss. So, standing tall is a solid, you know. It's a it's a tip of the hat to All American Man. Basically.
0: Classic with a K, just like the the, the, the cruise with the K, the history with the K. We are talking classic '78. Tom and Rory, thank you for joining me on Talking Metal. Let's check this out now on the Talking Metal podcast. Music by Classic 78 right there on Talking Metal. Big thanks to Tom and Rory for joining me. Check those guys out. That's going to do it for today's episode of Talking Metal. And thank you, Emily, as always.
3: So fun. Loved it.